You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. Welcome back to another episode of NFT365, recording actually live from San Diego. And ladies and gentlemen, I've got breaking news. Breaking news for all of our amazing NFT365 listeners. Actually, it's more just for the NFT community in the world. And I'm not sure if many of you are aware of this. I believe I forgot it, that people talk about NFTs in real life, not just online. Yep, you've heard it here, and it was a great reminder for the last four days as I've been in San Diego giving a presentation on NFTs for business that I was you know, interacting with social media marketers, fellow speakers, podcasters, YouTubers, uh, TikTokers. We had a variety of uh, small business owners to those that worked in the tourism industry, the fencing industry. Uh, both probably the fencing, the fighting industry, as well as the fencing uh, is your fence around your house industry. And I will say, you know, it happened earlier today, and I actually waited to record this episode until uh, the entire event was over. I, I was going to record it, you know, after you know day two, but then decided, you know, I wanted to kind of provide kind of a kind of a state of the of what I kind of felt and experienced here at the event. Also, kind of just bring in some of the conversations that I think are really important. And I will tell you, you know, this event is, is the largest social media marketing conference in the world. Uh, I've actually had the luxury of speaking here the last seven years. And I've actually spoken here on a wide range of topics, everything from Twitter communities to live video uh, to the future of digital disruption. And of course, this year on NFTs. And, you know, the event had, uh, it was two days, it had three tracks, a little over 2,000 attendees, uh, and I didn't really expect much conversation around NFTs, and, and I will tell you, you know, I showed up a, a, a day early for the event, and most of the people were kind of laughing, and uh, and I got a lot of people, uh, you know, and, and many of them are probably listening to the podcast now, so I just want to say first, I love you, and thank you, and welcome, and uh, I, I promise that I'm, I'm, I'm welcoming in all of this just to give a kind of uh, feedback to everyone that is here, but you know, a lot of the people on kind of day one or even pre-day one, a lot of the people are coming up and saying like, so you're doing that NFT thing again, right? Like, or they would say, so you're into cryptos and those, you know, bored monkeys or, or even some would say, Brian, I don't understand. Like, how is that space, you know, connected to what you've always spoke about at this event, right? And, you know, and to full transparency, you know, th this event didn't happen last year, of course, because of COVID. And it was actually one of the last events that I attended pre-COVID, um, actually the second to last event that I attended pre-COVID. So it really had been two years since I saw a lot of, uh, of the people that were here at the event, many who I've got to build strong relationships with that I usually see once a year here in San Diego at, at this event. And I will tell you, you know, I, I know for so many that are listening to this, it, ca it can feel a little lonely in the real world, in the offline world, when you bring up NFTs, because there's either, you know, the conversation of what are you doing with that funny money, or uh, I don't understand it, I don't get it, I don't want to get it, or they'll, you know, 
ask questions enough to be like, okay, thanks. And then usually follow up with at the end, like, I understand it more, but I still don't get it, right? Like that's usually the the caveat there. And, you know, at this event, uh, the, the actually host of the event, Michael Stelsner, who will be joining us on the podcast uh, and talk about some of the things that he has uh, coming up. He'll be joining us uh, in the next week or so. Um, you know, Michael kicked it off with just a, you know, kind of a setting this tone on um, really, you know, social media as a whole because it's a social media marketing conference. Uh, and then also just kind of setting the tone on like where where Web three is going to take us and kind of the the underlying future of Web three and you know I actually you know I I love the way the event opened right from that standpoint and you know I was later on in that day as well as a uh, good friend and actually uh, he is a, a super fans NFT holder uh, Joe Polizzi uh, he actually uh, was one of the speakers talking on social tokens and. I got to sit in his room. His room was actually the first uh, room that I went to after the opening session by Michael. And, and you know, he, he even said, uh, you know, Joe said, well, Brian, we're going to talk probably, you know, probably a little entry level, just kind of like go over what social tokens um, are. And I will tell you, you know, part of the reason for me being here, part of the reason I get excited about a lot of this, uh, you know, for me coming a day early and kind of, you know, immersing myself is, you know, I want to hear not only the way, you know, some fellow speakers you know, talk about these things, but I also want to hear the questions that are asked. I want to hear the the conversations in the hallway and man, is it cool to hear conversations in the hallway? Like sometimes we forget, like we haven't been traveling or being around these conferences and like just walking to and from the venue, I felt, felt it was kind of neat just being able to be immersed with, you know, people. I will say it's also a little overwhelming. I'm back in the hotel room now after the last final keynote and I'm glad to be there. But some of the things I wanted to share that I think are really just um, a value that I think will be value to you, our listeners, is that, you know, I think the, the conversation is starting to evolve. And I think the, the, the important part of that is I think we're going to reach a, a tipping point in many different industries and in many different walks of life. And a lot of those tipping points are going to come down to the fact that are are people going to to look at NFTs uh, more so than anything else? I would say NFTs and social tokens. Are they going to look or approach them as collector, like collectibles, right? Like in the like baseball card, Beanie Baby, uh, Wheaties boxes. Uh, and I actually gave away one of our hats to someone else that was a fellow Wheaties box uh, collector uh, in the audience during my presentation. So are we going to, is the, you know, I think the conversation is going to evolve to like understanding the collectible side, you know, and we can say collectible gaming side or, you know, and then, or the conversation is going to lead down the use cases of what do the NFTs unlock as far as data ownership. And I love talking about both of them here on the podcast. And so I actually believe what we just have to own is we have to own the fact that we do not want to confuse people that are already approaching new spaces uh, with a little bit of hesitation or confusion. And I will say, you know, we, we do our ask me anything uh, with our amazing communities on Wednesdays for those that are um, interested in, in being able to jump up and ask a question, get a little state of the union under, uh, get an update about what we have going on. Just jump over to our discord. We post uh, you know, that into, uh, into the discord every Wednesday. So it's kind of an like additional piece of content. Uh, just kind of sharing some alpha and some things that we have going on. We had a pretty big announcement today um, in our our you know 
Ask Me Anything, where we actually talked about the whitelist uh, from meta-athletes that we will be dropping. So if you want to partake in that uh, actual whitelist, which we'll, we can uh, make sure that everyone that's part of NFT365 can be a part of, uh, make sure you jump over to our Discord, discord.gg slash ADHD coin. And I'll include that here in the show notes. But more importantly, really, you know, the reason I, I kind of set that where we, we don't want to confuse people, you know, the the you know, at the event, right? So Joe talked about social tokens. I talked about NFT, NFTs for business marketers. Uh, this morning was Kathy Hackle, who's actually will be another guest of ours very soon. Uh, she taught, she's uh, kind of known as the mother of the metaverse, uh, is a longtime friend of mine uh, since 2014, live streaming days. And then uh, Joel Calm uh, closed out the, the session today, kind of giving an overall state of kind of like Web3 and uh, he's actually has the first podcast ever about NFTs. He also has been uh, one of the longest running cryptocurrency podcasts. And, you know, I was you know just thinking about some of the synergies in our in our narrative and our conversation, but also thinking about some of the disconnects, right? Some of the things um, and even just not not disconnects and like we're talking about them wrong, but also just like how we enter or exit people into the conversation. And I will say you know, I, I'm very happy with, you know, my presentation, you know, the feedback was pretty amazing. Um, but I will say that, you know, there was elements of things like the blockchain, like even defining the blockchain, where sometimes I feel like it's important to kind of gloss over that because uh, in the near future, the blockchain itself will not be something that is an important aspect here because it'll be the fundamental element that runs, you know, the internet as we know it. But I also know that if others are bringing up the blockchain during conversations of NFTs or social tokens, then we have to be able to either talk about it in the way that makes sense or kind of set the, set the table for how these conversations move forward. And I will also say, you know, one of the things that I thought was you know, really well done at the event and you know, a lot of the questions that people were coming to me with were things like, okay, now that I understand NFTs, you know, how can I use that for comp- you know, customer loyalty, or how can I use it as a customer rewards um, solution? And I really love both of those use cases, right? I love the idea that, you know, rewarding existing customers and allowing the, the, the NFT to become not only like that connection point, but, you know, conveying value, right, based on the fact that we can build upon it. And one of the things that I noticed, uh, you know, after these four days here in San Diego and, and, and really talking with so many people and, and taking notes and just listening, I was listening to you know, conversations that I wasn't a part of, just listening to how the narrative was kind of going around in this space. You know, one of the things that like we talk about decentralization and centralization, right? Like we're moving to this decentralized world. I, I really found that the, that conversation seemed to, in this audience especially, be a little bit less important unless you were using an example, right? And so someone saying, you know, like, okay, well, Brian, I understand that we're taking back our, our data and we are going to be owners of our, of our data or digital assets. But like, how does that work with Instagram? Or what does that mean for Facebook, right? And I think, you know, one of the things I worked really hard on, and most of you know that listen to the podcast on a regular basis, um, I also worked really hard on just the, the idea that we don't want to give, we don't want to break down other entities or other, uh, you know, things that exist today to kind of make Web3 relevant, right? Like, I don't want to say like, you know, Instagram sucks because they've been taking our, you know, they've been using our data and we've, that's what we've been paying with it. So we get what we have, but we also want to like, kind of like 
explain how a lot of these things kind of come to life or how they um, kind of work together. And I think there's a, there's kind of like a beautiful synergy in that. And so one of my calls to action that I kind of made for myself that I think will be, um, you know, valuable for a lot of our listeners is that, you know, I think we just need to, you know, practice amongst ourselves and maybe even within our, our discord community. Um, I'm also going to be doing, I set up um, an app now where I'll be able to bring in directly some of your audio questions into our podcast. So those that are in the discord uh, and you want to submit a audio question to the podcast, I'm gonna, we're going to enable that this week. But, you know, I think the, the, the thing for me that really is important is that we have to think of ourselves as friends, right? They think of ourselves like, you know, this idea of, you know, how do we all together grow? Because decentralization is based on peer to peer communication, peer to peer conversation, peer-to-peer sharing. And one of the most underlying aspects of this entire movement into Web3, and especially NFTs, is realizing that the social economy as a whole, and everything from social media to social networking to social engineering, to all of that really is the most essential part of predicting value, understanding what's going to be good versus bad. What I mean by that is, you know, just because we didn't get access to a whitelist or we we tried to mint an NFT and then the NFT, you know, it sold out too quick. If we spend our time hating on that project and breaking down on that project, we could actually, con- you know, make people that that got lucky that were, you know, that got what we wanted. We can make the value of what they own go down, right? And that's kind of a, a powerful thing around this like social movement, right? Because so much about what we are you know providing especially in the nft you know collectible side or even in the access side is you know the 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 value that we can sell something for is only what others are willing to pay for it for and you know it's one of the things for me like i use the the gym membership as a great example that you know if we could actually see all of the people that you know are you know in you know, let's say we have two gyms in our local area and they each allow for 5,000 total members. And if one gym has, you know, members that are trying, you know, 3,500 of their members are trying to sell their passes in March, and only 500 members of the other gym are willing to sell their passes, like what does that tell us about the gym, right? And it could tell us that the gym itself is just not high quality, right? But it also could tell us that like maybe they don't do a good job educating their gym members that they could actually sell it on the secondary market, right? It's almost it's almost too easy for us to look at some of the vanity or some of the, the, the disconnects there and kind of lean into it and believe like, hey, that's just the way it is. And it's actually why our pop our pop answer for today, for those that are playing along that you want to, uh, you know, our proof of podcast, you can jump over to the website, is friend. You know, we are all friends in this space. And so you can jump over there, uh, fill out the form and put in friends as the answer. If you do it in the first 36 hours, of course, this will be one of your qualifying ones uh, for this March. And and friends, I think when we think about it from the standpoint of, you know, we hear the things like wag me and you hear what I preach on this podcast. Like I, I'm, you know, I finished my presentation with just simply the words, we are greater than me. But part of that that like narrative is also the idea that we have to move away from thinking about our about others as competition, and we have to start recognizing that you know if other projects succeed that are like ours or in the same realm as ours, then that's going to open up even more doors and opportunities for us because we are without question 
in that early adoption phase, right? In that phase before we start to see, you know, the, the starts of, you know, we, we like to say kind of those, you know, that first wing of greater adoption leading into future mass adoption. And, and I've been saying this for a while that I believe over the next year, we aren't going to see, we're not going to, we're not going to be pushing too, too much forward as far as getting away from some of the things that happen today, right? Like, you know, bad people are going to do bad things and there's possibilities for things going on. And I think that's going to continue because every new person that enters this space um, is just new blood and new people that have to be taught things. And I, I can't stress the importance uh, of education and not only just education in like a course format, but education in every way we talk about, you know, the NFTs, the things that they enable, the reason that we're a part of them. And it's very easy to get hung up because one person, one marketer sells their NFTs one way and another one doesn't do that. Or, you know, this NFT project, um, you know, you know, sold out overnight, but they only worked with influencers or this project um, is less than us because they paid uh, a marketing team to market them. And, and I really don't think it's not about them being better than or us thinking about others as competition. We just have to recognize that our focus should be on, you know, the individual value propositions that are most important to us. And I had some people ask me, you know, a lot of people were excited about this Mint 365 project. And, you know, we've minted 125 NFTs as of you know, the recording of this episode. And, you know, being on the road and trying to figure out which projects to mint, uh, I'm not going to lie. It's been a lot, you know, it's been difficult. I had my eyes on a couple of projects that we had researched a couple of days ago before we kind of got on the trip. But then trying to figure out, okay, now how do I get somewhere to actually buy it at the time when it launches? And, you know, if I'm on the whitelist, how long am I on the whitelist? And I found myself getting very overwhelmed. And I, I wanted to say, like, for those that are also overwhelmed, that are working a full-time job, that aren't able to spend, you know, a lot of time, you know, maybe I've glossed over that. Maybe I haven't. But I just want to say, like, I felt that a lot today, this, you know, this last couple of days. You know, and I also felt that, you know, I was more important than ever than I got to lean on our amazing team for everything from the discord to managing, you know, email to understanding, you know, questions that we have. And so I know it's very easy to get excited about launching your own NFT project. And I kind of wanted to take it here for the kind of like on this episode is that a lot of the social media marketers that I know were at this event, the thing that surprised me maybe the most was that most were looking to understand NFTs, not to collect, not excited about what it meant for them as a customer in their everyday life, but rather to create them themselves. And I probably shouldn't be surprised. Social media marketers are, are marketers and they, they look at some, you know, an opportunity to say, okay, how can I you know, do this to boost our website traffic? Or how can I use this to increase our customer loyalty or to sell our new product? Or how can I prepare for this so that our, our next you know, event or our next, uh, you know, time we hire employees that we have these things ready. And, and, I, and I love that. But I also think that this is one of those interesting spaces that until you recognize all of the nuances and everything that goes into not just launching an NFT, right? Anyone can go on to OpenSea. You can create what is called a, you know, a lazy contract, which is, just means the contract is there on OpenSea. And you can upload your your artwork you can fill in the title you can fill in how much you want to sell it for you can click through a couple of the boxes you can add some properties and at the bottom of it you can say you know save to the you know to open c and it's going to 
put it into a collection inside of your OpenSea, uh, you know, profile. And now you have quote unquote, you know, an NFT on the, you know, on the blockchain. But I think what we have to really recognize is it can't just be that, right? It can't be just putting something in, you know, airdropping something into someone's wallet or, you know, believing that, hey, you know, you know, just because I gave someone a piece of art or just because I put art on the internet means people are going to, um, you know, think of it as valuable. And I will tell you, you know, at this event, I, I'm a big believer in storytelling. And I, w- I will challenge, you know, us all to, to think about the role storytelling is playing in this space. I would argue it's probably one of the most important, if not most important aspects, right? When I'm, when I'm researching an NFT project, I'm, I'm researching to understand what is the why of this project? What, what is the background of the founders? What are the, you know, where, what is the roadmap and what does that mean? And a lot of that is like, what is the story they're telling me? Right. And I, and I think sometimes really, really great storytellers can actually be, you know, amazing humans that, you know, approach things with kind of ill will, right? Some of the greatest scam artists I believe are also, Equally, just great storytellers. Their their ability to tell a story that that you know convinces people to do something, and then you know kind of take advantage of that. And, and I think there's like a beautiful lesson for me on this, right? As I sat through the different sessions, and as I really like, I feel like I honed in. Like I would say, like I'm excited for some future podcast episodes. You know, I, I took some notes on my iPhone, um, and someone looked over my shoulder today, and they're like, "What are you doing?" I was like these are all titles of podcast episodes that I'm going to create just based on this event, you know, either through questions I heard or narratives or things that I I recognize. But, you know, I will say like, we, we also have to take a step back and recognize like to build, you know, to launch a social token, you need to first build a community to build a community. You first have to first find your audience to find your audience. You first have to put yourself out there, convey your value, create content or a conversation and all of that starts, right? And, and you can't really jump the shark. You can't really skip a lot of these steps. Yes, there's some projects that have, have attempted to skip it and and might find some short-term success. But I believe the long-term success, the reason I love slow burn NFTs, and if you're not familiar with slow burn NFTs, you just got to check back that episode. I believe it's in the in the 30s of the podcast. If you go back into the, the 30s, there's an episode talking about the what a slow burn NFT is. But it really, I, I really do think of it as, you know, how do we turn our customers into our co-owners? And I use that on my slides today. And, and shout out to Kevin, Kevin, who is the amazing voice of the podcast. He also does the design work on our website and all of our blog graphics. Kevin also designed uh, the amazing slides that I used uh, at the presentation. And and we put up there a slide about, you know, co-ownership and the fact our customers are now looked at as co-owners I don't think people take into account what that really means. What does it mean when someone is your co-owner? Well, it means that like many here in this, listening to this podcast, if you hold ADHD coin, you are a co-owner of the ADHD coin. You could hold $1 or you could hold $100,000 worth of the ADHD coin. Actually, if you held $100,000 with the ADHD coin, you'd hold more than I would. And the interesting thing about that is we all have like an ownership play and ownership responsibility. We all think about that role of ownership a little bit differently, but there is something different about when we are feeling like an owner versus feeling like a customer, like we just bought something because there's a little bit of that responsibility. 
And I will say like, even here on the podcast, you know, for this podcast to truly be successful, I need each and every one of you to feel like you co-own this podcast with me. When someone in a discord that a different discord is asking a question and you know that we covered on a podcast, if you share the podcast in their shell channels, or if you're in a Facebook group and someone says, do you know somebody that knows NFTs? If you talk about this podcast, you know, that, that helps us all grow, reach new audiences, get, you know, bigger guests on there. Hopefully, you know, I'll be on even more stages in the near future and be able to bring a lot of that feedback, you know, back to the masses. But I also think of it as like co-ownership in, I, I want to hear as much from you, the listener on your pain points, your things that you're, you know, struggling with, or maybe, you know, Hey, I, I approached my boss with one of your ideas and this was my boss's feedback. And for me, this is an important aspect of co-ownership is that it is, you know, communication is not one directional in a co-ownership relationship. And when I put up there on the slide that, you know, we have to move our customers from feeling like customers to feeling like co-owners, I got one of the scariest things that a speaker can get. I got a bunch of people nodding their heads. Because for me, this is a massive shift. But if you are simply nodding your head and not taking a note to say, writing that down and saying, what does it mean? If instead of someone feeling like they just have a transactional relationship with me, they now are a co-owner with me. They're now part of this journey. They're now building something with me, right? For each one of you that listen to this podcast, each one of you that are holding our ADHD coin, you know, if you love this project and you tell one friend to get ADHD coin, that means more coins in the circulation. That means we all grow together. But if you were decided, okay, I'm done, I no longer want to be a part of this, and you sell your coin or your NFTs, and you know, if someone buys it, then of course we're able to kind of continue that co-ownership. But maybe you sell it, um, you know, for whatever your reasons may be, and now the question becomes, okay, now there's less, you know, less coins in circulation and less conversation there. And I will say, you know, as co-owners, one of the beauties that I found. And I've found this recently here with this podcast and this amazing community in our Discord is that it's fun to be on a journey with other co-owners. Because when we have success, we have success. When we feel the momentum, right? Like one of my favorite things to do is to share, you know, in Discord or on Twitter, as soon as we get a guest confirmation, I most of you know, I will tell you, like, I can't believe we just locked in this guest coming up or you know, these are some amazing things because I know it's a, it's a beneficial for all of us. But I will say the thing that I underestimated about this whole idea of co-ownership is that when times are tough and the culture is strong, co-ownership also comes together to kind of help each other go through the tough times, go through the times where maybe a project um, isn't delivering like they said they're going to deliver, or they're having technology problems, or it's taking longer for them to mint out. And the real question is, it's not about being a diamond hands or a paper hands. The real question I believe, and it really came out of this event, is what is the culture, what is the communication, and what is that true connection we feel as co-owners of you know these projects, of these launches, so that we can ride through the downtimes together and let each other know that we're not alone and that we are part of this journey so that we can rise and become better. I will say I've been looking at a lot of NFT projects and if the NFT project 
has already dealt with some you know trouble or you know they had um, some crisis in their project, maybe with an artist or a previous founder. And if they approached it with openness and transparency, if they you know were willing to learn and listen to the community, if they kept those communication lines open, if they were willing to admit that they were wrong, they were willing to you know put their head down and say like, how are we going to fix this together? Those are the projects that I believe in. And how funny is that as a whole, that the projects that face adversity and push through it together are the projects we need to look for. The projects that are scary are the projects that only have had nothing but success and hype and they minted out overnight and their projects are going to the moon and every week it's, you know, new things are dropping because the question becomes, it's very easy to test like the pulse of the culture when everything's going great, but we all know, you know, the, 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 the Muhammad Ali quote, right. The, that, it, you know, it's not, uh, you know, about, you know, taking a punch or, you know, landing a punch, you know, it's about getting up from the mat when you're knocked down. And it's also about how do we help each other out when others are knocked down the mat. And even if it's another project that we're not involved in or someone here in our community that, you know, bought into something that didn't, wasn't what it was or that they're, you know, having a tougher time than others. And I, I really just think it is a beautiful thing for me to kind of connect. And I will say, I will finish kind of the episode on just the idea here that we also have to think about, you know, when, when we give people that aha moment that I spoke about a couple episodes ago, when we talk about the power of these communities and what things unlock, it is really important for us to also remind people to do their own damn research, right? Because I know we can laugh about that. I know we have it here on the podcast. I gave out stickers to everybody and I even made the joke that it was my contingency plan so that I didn't want anybody to leave the event after hearing me talk about these NFTs and then buy an NFT and then blame me for the NFT not being as great as they thought it was going to be. And I was like, well, here's your contingency plan. Put this sticker on your laptop and now you'll remember that I said, do your own damn research. But really what I look at that as, and this is what I hope to challenge everybody on, we're going we're gonna to tap into this in some future episodes as well, is that we also have to recognize that the value proposition for each of us is going to be as unique as we are. What we see in a community might not be what someone else sees in a community. What our goals are with a project, maybe some of us is for short-term wins and money. Maybe with others, it's short-term connections and, and getting out without it costing us things. Maybe it's others, it's long-term acceptance and feeling like we are part of something. Maybe for others, it's just, hey, I want to you know, try out a new area, test out a new thing. But there is something to be said about this idea as friends that not only do we stress that we should all do our own damn research, but we should also take that research into account to when we think about other projects, and there are some people here at this event that have, you know, the Atom Bomb Squad. There's a lot of people at the event that had some V friends that I got to get to connect with. Uh, there's some others at the event that opened my mind to some projects that I had never heard of. And even a couple that were a part of a project that I didn't really like. I, I joined it for about a week. After a week, I didn't think the project was that great. And I decided to sell it. And after hearing their experience and why they love that community, it dawned on me that, like, my experience is not the experience for everyone. And I actually felt a little bit bad that I was like, you know what? I, I don't like this project. This project 
made me feel like slimy or made me feel like um, I was part of something that was not something I want to be a part of. And so I think it's okay for all of us to kind of find our own way, find our own niche, find our own path to success. But I'm going to challenge us all. Let's not break down each other. Let's not break down other projects. Let's not break down web 2.0 because guess what? It's going to be around for a long time. We're going to be talking Facebook five years from now or meta, whatever it's called. We're going to be still talking about advertising in a web 2 format. And so it's important for us to focus on the positive examples, the use cases, educate people on the risks versus rewards, but not doing it in a way that says this other thing has to be wrong for us to prove what this new thing is right. So that being said, my friends, you know, we are super powered by the ADHD coin over on rally.io. You can simply check out the coin, get yourself some of the coin at ADHDcoin.com. We have some fun giveaways. We've been doing some fun things over in our Discord. You can check that out here in the show notes as well. And we have some massive updates happening over there on our website. Um, email newsletter that has just been really, uh, I mean, our, some amazing feedback on the email newsletter so that you can get some updates if you want to know about the, some of the projects that we're minting. Um, yesterday, we minted one on Solana, which is the, uh, it's a 3D Doge game. So it's a game that is a play to earn game. I'm excited to kind of kick the tires there. I'm going to be bringing on a couple guests in the play to earn gaming space. I'm going to bring on some guests talking a little bit about Metaverse. Uh, we are minting, hopefully today, um, I, right after the recording of this episode, uh, we are going to be minting, hopefully, another project that is, in my opinion, bridging the gap between uh, wearable technology uh, offline and NFTs. So we're going to uh, check that project out. And all of that can be found over there on our website, nft365podcast.com. So until tomorrow, my friends, make it a great day. Cheers.